tinfoil hat. Oh, what the fuck are you guys even talking about? Global controls will have to be imposed, and a world governing body will be created to enforce them. Welcome to tinfoil hat. We, we, we go deep, homeboy. Eric, open your mind. Drink from the fountain of knowledge. There's lizard people everywhere. That's some interdimensional shit. Aaron, this is only the beginning. Dude, you just blew my mind. Are you ready to get your mind blown? Revolution will be podcasted. And welcome to Tinfoil Hat. You know who I am. You know what I'm here to do. I'm here to rock. Man, that's that's great. You nailed that, dude. You're doing awesome. Uh, <laughs> Join me as always is my uh, partner in crime, the man, the myth, the legend, XG, Xavier Guerrero. What's up, people? Fuck, crazy how, man. How much has has your life slowed down, brother? Since uh, uh, you uh it's still going, dude. It's oh, still going. Geez. George is still going. We still partying. It's, <laughs> it's and on the ones and two, uh, the man, the myth, the legend, Johnny Woodard. How are you? What's up, Sam? I'm okay, man. Still, uh, just still living this lonely quarantine life. Johnny, how's your uh, fake girlfriend doing? She's uh, fake happy, yeah. Okay, that's great. <laughs> um, so, guys, uh, basically, I just want to tell you guys real quick about the uh, the Patreon. I've been putting up daily Patreons every day, 20-minute, hit it and quit it, uh, hanging and bang it, we call them. They're 20 minutes on whatever the big discussion is. Uh, last night, we talked about the hospitals and these crazy videos that are coming out. Every day, whatever the topic is, we're going to be talking about uh, Donald Trump's speech about the military. Uh, we're going to begin to uh, these kids that he's been talking about getting out, and then we'll be talking about his war on the drug cartel. So that we'll be talking about that today. It's five dollars, and what I'm going to start be doing, I'm now going to be doing is once a week, I will be doing an interview with a Patreon, someone who's a five dollar Patreon. I'm going to pick one every week and do an interview with you on the on the Patreon. So. That is another incentive to come join me because, uh, you know, you're trying to watch the news. It's just bad news. Join the Patreon and get your fix. Um, t-shirts are great. Uh, if you can't do T-shirts, I totally understand. So we're not going to push that. But I want you guys to know about our dates real quick. As, as of right now, our dates are still going. Uh, we got May 1st at Spokane and then May 2nd, the Spokane Comedy Club. And then May 2nd, we're at the uh, Tacoma Comedy Club. Uh, obviously, those are both in Washington. Uh, the clubs are like, hey, dude, if you guys want to keep going, we'll keep going. So we're going to keep it. And then if they extend the quarantine, obviously, you will uh, either get your dates moved back or refunded. And then uh, May 9th, we are in Chicago at the Den. So grab those tickets. As far as we know, we're coming, dude. All right? Uh, so that is that. That is the, that's the news. Anything you guys want to talk about? Anything you guys want to put? Johnny, what's your what's – your, uh, social media uh, at Johnny Woodard on Twitter and at Johnny A Woodard on Instagram. And Xavier Guerrero, where's yours? Hey, uh, Marks the spot. Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, the whole works. But yeah, no shows for me right now. So it is what yeah, it is. you and uh, you and Ali are doing a great job on the Instagram for the show. I'm. Uh, I have yeah. a feeling that this. Instagram will pass my personal Instagram, which I'm not going to be too happy about. Uh, okay, enough of that. I am very excited to bring in our guest. Uh, this guy has helped me through uh, a couple dark moments, and uh, he is a really class act and a good person. And uh, he, and when I say he saved many a life, I'm not talking figuratively. I'm talking literally. He's been in the darkness. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know what, man? I want to bring him on because he is a positive energy force, and I think we need a positive podcast. We've been doing a lot of Corona stuff and the dark arts and all that stuff. I think it's time to do a positive one. So please welcome my good friend, Paul Dion Jr. How are you, brother? Man, Sammy, it's so good to be here, man. I'm, it's, uh, thank you so much for having me on. It's really Paul an honor. Paul, you've uh, helped me through some dark times yeah. in my life, and you are like literally a, a, a man who saved life. And so I always want to see like how 
can I uh, pay you back in, in what little ways I can? I thought it would be a great, a great ways to help let everybody know about you and your Reiki uh, teachings that you've been doing. Uh, right. can, you, can you tell us a little bit about your practice and then we'll get into the actual the sure. uh, art of it. But tell us about right. where they can find you, your social media and, and, and your business and all that. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a Reiki master, and um, and what I uh, get the pleasure and joy to do is to help other people with uh, uh, to help uh, to help other people with um, anxiety and depression. Uh, people can find me at for more information at paul at the reiki lab dot com. Uh, that is my email, or just uh, the reiki lab. I'm also on Instagram at paul dion underscore junior. So I'm available there as well. There's more information there. And Paul, uh, you're, you're, you're a kind soul. You and I have been through some dark times, uh, yeah, we have. both in our personal lives. But I watched you kind of get super excited about your practice. You know, mm -hmm. when I first started this show a long time ago, I, uh, people were telling me I should get somebody on to talk about Ricky and all the stuff, all the, uh, that whole world and the positive mm -hmm. energies about that. And I was like, right. I, I don't know anything about it, but I decided the time is now during this pandemic epidemic or whatever right. they're calling this thing. I think people need to get a base and get some positive energy in their life. So why don't you start us off and telling us a little bit about uh, just why don't we get into a little spirituality in this time of uh, this COVID-19? Oh, uh, 100%. You know, that's, you know, thank you. Uh, well, spirituality in the age of COVID-19 is, it's, I, there's nothing more important, I think, than uh, connecting in with who we are as, not just as physical beings, because certainly we, we are here in this physical realm, but we also have emotions, and we also have uh, our mental body, and we also have our spirit. And, and, and too little attention gets paid uh, to those parts of us, and what I am so passionate about is just helping people to stop, stop what they're doing and breathe and get to connect in with who they are as an emotional and spiritual person. Because every single one of us are, uh, but we just, we tend to forget that very easily. You know, it's very interesting, Paul, is like from my world of stand-up comedy, mm -hmm. uh, one of the best advice I ever heard, it wasn't given to me, I heard it through secondhand, but it was uh, some advice from Chris Rock on when you're not doing well, when you're having a rough set and, and what you should do. And one of the things Chris said was that when it's not going well, slow down, mm -hmm. slow down, go slower. Because our yeah. tendency, especially as comedians and as young comics, is to crank it up to mm -hmm. try to basically, you know, will them to like us when in reality like when the room is crazy it's better to just quiet it's like right. that famous scene i forget what the movie was um uh ray charles the ray charles movie where the the the, the manager who's been doing it for a while turns down the lights and everybody gets quiet and it's the calming effect of that and how important that is and how important breathing is to our mm -hmm. life, like I'm working with this new guy right now on this new, uh, just basically vitamins and, and workout program. And, you know, he's telling me when I eat, the biggest thing is to breathe and slow down. Why is that so important? Okay, so we have to be able to stop that, that, that mind that we have, right, that is constantly talking to us, that is constantly like in our ears telling us what we should be doing, what we need to be doing, what's not happening. Uh, you should be afraid of this. You should like be doing that. And when we are able to stop, right? It's like when we try to like put that square peg in the wrong, in that, in the square peg in a round hole, um, we are always just fighting us. We're fighting against our own minds and our own uh, inner critics that we have. So, uh, so yeah, Chris Rock was absolutely right. You just slow down. Take a minute to pause. Take a minute to stop what you're doing and just breathe. And, and it's amazing uh, when you start to do that. Look, believe me, you should have known me a few years ago. I couldn't sit still for more than five seconds. <laughs> so, 
So like, seriously, I'm, I'll, when I'm in my own shit and I'm in my own like messed up head, I'm, I'm mental beyond mental. So just seriously, ask my mother, ask what I was like when I was a kid. So being able to stop and learning how to breathe and learning how to just turn out the noise has been one of the most important things I've ever learned how to do. Well, you know, uh, a great, some of the, the greatest things I've ever learned were through recovery. Uh, you know, I'm not the center of the universe. Nobody's thinking about me. It sounds like yeah. these are like, really like, uh, like, oh, dude, nobody's saying, yeah, that's it. I'm like, no, man, it's actually very freeing when you realize that you're not the center of everybody's world. And like, another great thing I learned in recovery was that, like, if don't make any decisions quickly, you're right. Give it, give it 24 hours. Let it sit for 24 hours. If you're going to make a giant decision, let's sit for 24 hours. And if you feel the same way tomorrow, then explore making a decision. But you know, you can never go wrong by slowing down a little bit and breathing. And like many, many, many bad decisions were made in haste. We're we're like a panic set in when it's like, I mean, if you want to do life as poker, they po- the poker player who plays the slowest usually wins because there's so much data to be, be uh, to digest. And that's the big thing. We, we're, we're taking in so much information. We're, we're a computer that if we just make our first reaction, it's probably not the best reaction. We have to breathe and slow down. I want to talk to you real quick about the respect of nature nature natural law mm-hmm. what okay. is that uh you know that's i was thinking i've been thinking about this for about a week now um one of the things that we forget as as human beings is that we're part of the planet guys we are we are part of creation we're not separated from it right so we tend to have this thing of where we set ourselves apart and set ourselves above uh, like the lower beings, like animals and plants and ocean. And that's just not the case. So having a respect for natural law, for having respect for the home that we have, which is, you know, this earth and this planet, and by extension, each other, is it's a good place to begin. Uh, it's just if you just look on the Internet now or even just go outside, take a walk. It is beautiful outside. It is absolutely gorgeous out and, and look, take a look around you. Look at the beauty that's around you. You know, that's, that's what I mean by respect natural law and that it's our responsibility to be accountable for that. And, and, and Paul, I gotta be honest with you. There is an, there is something about just a reconnecting and a re uh, basically hitting the reset on your life. You know, the ocean, I know not everybody lives by the ocean, so this mm-hmm. isn't all possible, but mm-hmm. to, get, to go to the ocean is like a cleansing thing to you. To get out into right. the forest and walk around is a cleansing thing. And it's like, I, I know this isn't you, Paul, this is Sam speaking, but there is something kind of sinister about this whole lockdown too, and that is about yeah. disconnecting with each other. Like in a time that we should be, fortifying coming together and loving each other and supporting each other now we've been shoved into our our doors behind closed door everybody looks like they're just a uh they could be uh contaminated with the virus so we don't want to connect when everything is about spirituality and Mm -hmm. connecting with others so obviously we're not saying go out and you know dry hump a stranger or anything like that (laughs) but you know it's like getting out like not that you should go to the mall or anything, but maybe get outside and breathe. Like, you know, Bill Hicks's old joke was like, you know, he's watching the news and it's talking about the end of days and everything is crashing and burning. And then he looks outside and it's just a beautiful, beautiful day. And it's mm-hmm. like, it just doesn't say, you know, the blessing is that we, nobody in where I live watches the news here. We don't ever have the news on. We're, we're watching animal shows and, and by animal shows, I mean, um, America's Next Top Model. We watched that on a loop. and um, But we never, ever, ever, ever watch the news. And it's amazing when you stop watching the news, right. how all of a sudden this panic goes away. Mm-hmm. And you just start sitting in the moment and breathing. And I think like, you know, we take the babies out in a stroller and we'll walk them around the neighborhood. And 
you know? And it's very funny because we live in a very Jewish neighborhood and it's like, you see all these Jewish families and they're trying to connect with their neighbors, but they'll sit on one side of the street, the other family will sit on the other side of the street, but you're getting out and you're connecting. And it's like very important to connect. Uh, I come from isolators, my, my side of the family, my mother's yeah. side, everybody isolates. And I just think it's just, it's not a healthy way to go. There's nothing wrong with just sitting at home and breathing, but right. I think you need to make connections, right? What I was going to say is, dude, I think a lot of people have actually been working out, doing yoga, going out. Like they actually had to tell people to stop going to the beach. They had to stop the park, which I thought was really good. In the beginning, I was like, damn, people are actually taking, making use of this. People are ordering fucking waste to the internet, making it like a, a progress. But now they're making it seem like you, they don't even want you to go out. You can't go to the park. You can't go to the beach. And that's the one where you like, like Sam says, it makes you, it helps you out. Like, like he says, you're not allowed to go out. You have to connect to... with people, dude. Yeah. You know, groups After rise. Groups rise. Paul, what were you going to say? No, I was going to say that there's, there's so many different ways that we can ground, really, because that's what we're talking about is grounding, right? Somewhere for that, you know, for that brain to, uh, to send that, that fear, uh, that anxiety, that, uh, that isolation, that I'm not okay by being uh, uh, by myself. Or, uh, and we all have variations of that. So um, just taking a look at what Italy has been doing in relationship to grounding, it's going out on their balconies and singing to each other and playing instruments. I think that that's, so there's, there's more than one way to for us to be able to connect with each other like what, what we're doing right now and i know that we're, we have talked about recovery just the, the the meetings all across the nation they figured it out right they figured out a new way to to have meetings and for people that are dealing with addiction to meet with each other so i i just think you know that's human ingenuity uh is we'll figure it out we'll find a way yeah, I, yeah. You're, you're totally right about that. My girlfriend is an eating disorder therapist and they're having their meetings over Zoom now. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, so it's exactly what you're saying. I'm sure they're doing it in addiction therapy too. It is um, uh, resourceful. So you just want us to stop, get quiet. What do you mean by get quiet? Uh, stop and get quiet. Like take, the, take a moment and, and just kind of shut your eyes. It's just as simple as that. And there are a lot of different uh, guided meditations on YouTube, like five to 10 minutes. That is really kind of all you need sometimes. It's, so stopping, closing your eyes, and taking a few minutes just to pay attention to your breathing. The most important thing that we do every day is breathe. And being aware of the intake of oxygen and the exhalation of carbon dioxide, breathing in and breathing out. It's amazing what happens when you take two or three minutes just to stop and breathe and how that can reset your clock. And when the more you get accustomed to doing that, the more it lowers your blood pressure, uh, eases anxiety and creates a more uh, inner calm that we desperately need now, especially in these hard times. Um, I want to get into meditation because, you know, Paul, you taught me a long time ago, uh, how important meditating is, uh, especially early in the morning, waking mm -hmm. up mm -hmm. before you get anything going, before you start getting into your business, uh, how important meditation is. Uh, can you talk a little bit about, uh, meditating your fears away? Sure. Uh, you know, we've, I've talked a little bit about, you know, what that voice that we have that we wake up uh, with in the morning, uh, it's something that I'm well acquainted with. And so the first thing that I need to do is get right. Right. And, and that means that I need to have a, a daily routine, something that I need to do every day to help silence that, that inner voice that we have. And everybody has one, everybody has one and it's loud. So I need to, uh, I have a routine that I have that involves prayer and meditation where I spend about 20 minutes every single day, no matter what, reconnecting in with who I am. That means breathing. That means um, silencing the, the mind. I focus on just several different ways you can do that. Uh, I do a lot of breath awareness and I do a lot of what do I hear around me? So spending time trying to hone in your senses and it's, that so when you're able to do that, especially if you're having a crisis, right? So say you have something's happening, uh, something is triggering your anxiety and your fear. 
take some time to close your eyes. What do you hear, right? What, what are two or three things that you can hear? What are three or four things that you can see around you? Just to disconnect from the feelings that you have, because feelings aren't facts, guys. So that's what we're trying to do. It's to create a buffer between our reaction and what's actually really happening. You know, Paul, that's a wonderful, wonderful statement you just made, that feelings aren't facts. Mm -hmm. And I've said this a bunch of times that everything I learned in recovery is completely opposite to this political correctness mm -hmm. movement in that political correctness, everybody wants to blame everybody else for where they are in their life. Right. And, and, and like, you know, within the 12-step program or within recovery, there's a moment in which you like write down all your resentments and you yeah. write down all the people that you, you wronged. And when you really take a look at them, you discover that the common denominator in all that is you. Yeah. Right? <laughs> like you are the one constant in all that chaos. And that when you, the, the, the thing about recovery isn't that, you know, your life becomes like a, a, a pink cloud life. Yeah. It can't be, but that doesn't mean that you never have problems or anything like that. What it does tell you, and it goes back to what you're talking right now with this slowing down, yeah. stopping, breathing, is that you deal with what is going on. Whatever crisis there, whatever problem, whatever situation is, you handle it right there instead of what doing what people who are addicts or XG will call them, uh, when they, um, where they just numb away. They, yeah. they, you know, and here's the thing, when you, you get drunk, you drink and you drink, yeah. uh, the problems don't go away. They're still there. Yeah. They just start to pile up now, right? Mm -hmm. And I just feel that that is very important that you deal with it. And the, the best part is, is to slow down, not to react to everything right off. We are energy. What do you mean by that? Well, you, we were talking one time, you were saying that we are energy. What, what do you think by that? What, okay. Yeah, look, we are energy. So that, what that means to me is, you know, energy cannot be, cannot be destroyed. It's, it, we're not just the physical matter. We're not just flesh and bone. We, are, uh, we have energy that's flowing through us at all times. And, what I, and understanding the basics of how that energy flows, uh, the... Uh, in India, it's called prana. In China, it's called chi. In Reiki, it's called ki. And that is universal life force. And, and in my particular practice, which is Reiki, it literally means universal healing life force. And, and it's something that we all possess. And it's a part of us. It's, it's, um, and, and that energy, we pick up other people's energies, right? So it's like walking into a room and, and you're like, oh, this doesn't feel right. Well, that's, that's your intuition. And that's really coming from your own energy field that you have around you. So you can kind of take all that stuff home with you. So, so you know, you wake up in the morning and you're in a great mood and everything's great. And you got that one douchebag at the fucking gym that just won't, like, give you your space. That's what I'm talking about. So we can pick up other people's bad juju. So, and all of a sudden you're in a bad mood and you don't know why. Well, it's also when you, uh, when you meet somebody and there's an attraction there. There's an instant yeah. energy attraction. You're oh, like, oh, wow, <laughs> our energies really connect with each other. And that yeah. can also be said for when you don't, there's no attraction there. Yeah. And you're just like, and that's why, you know, when I was, uh, you know, I came into LA at 25 year old and then I was doing stand-up for a while. And I was going through my drinking and all that stuff. And there would just be girls that were into me. And I used to get mad. And then I just was like, it's actually kind of okay because you don't want to be with somebody who doesn't want to be with you, right? So it's yeah. like these energy things. It's like, you know, there's this old saying, uh, be, you know, hang with the winners. I don't like that because what they also don't tell you is that you, want, you might find yourself in a shark tank, right, and with other <laughs> sharks. Yeah. So sometimes winners are sharks, dude, and they win at all costs. And you don't know if you're a shark or you're a chum. You don't know. But mm -hmm. what I like to do is be with positive people, people who have positive energy. 
and you know, especially in this world we work with, you know, groups rise. So people who connect with each other, you, you tend to rise. So you want to find people with the energy that make, but you know, you don't want to be with anybody who takes energy. You want to be with people who give energy, right? Right. Look, there's a crowd of people that I, that I roll with that I was told when the very beginning of my recovery, find a pack of people that have the things that you want emotionally and spiritually in your life. And that's what I did. I put myself right in the middle because I needed it. I needed that support. So um, it's, it's a privilege to be around people that just want to become better humans. And that is really the name of the game. That's the most important thing we can do. Is, is find a group like that and then pass along what you've what you've learned because there's always going to be somebody else you can help you know um a big part you know again if you're not religious i'm sure there's some atheist people here i'm not a religious man i'm a spiritual man mm -hmm. i'm very much in spirituality uh, i believe we live in some sort of matrix and the energy you put out is the energy you get back and the energy and the things you ask for from the universe you can get, you know, big thing, Paul, you help me work with is uh, every morning talk about what you're thankful for. Mm -hmm. And uh, I also always thought about in recovery about how there's a lot of people who get, who get into recovery, but never really sit down and go, if I, what do I want in recovery? And I always thought that that was crazy. Uh, I always thought that was a little weird because it's kind of like getting into a car and just driving and not knowing where you're driving to you're just driving like every time you get your car you're like i want to drive here this is where i want to get to uh and i find that when you ask the universe for something within reason and why i say within reason because someone's like i want to win the lottery you're like well that's not how the universe it's not these things are you know more and more i do the show the more and more i realize the, the lottery is rigged and like i want to be present well that's rigged too so what we're talking about was like within your area like sitting down saying that you're thankful for something saying that you know putting out the positive energy of like right. writing down your goals in life that's pretty important would you agree a hundred percent you know just it, it's it's when you help somebody else when you really make it a point to 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 reach out your hand and lift up somebody else it literally takes you out of that negative mindset in like that and it's amazing to see it happen. And, and when people do that, their lives begin to change, like 100%. You can't take it with you. That's the thing is that, you know, we all want nice things. There's nothing wrong with that. But, we, but if we forget that we're actually meant to be here and help each other and support each other and actually be to help heal each other, uh, you know, that, that's what I want to try to help reconnect with people. people. We had a uh, gentleman on a very popular podcast we did with uh, uh, Benacci, Santos Benacci, um, he he talks about realms and how we we there's uh, supposedly seven realms above, seven realms below, which is which coordinates with your chakras, right? Right, it's right. right along your chakras, right? And that there's this theory through like um, the uh, Tibetan Book of the Dead that talks about like what what this is, and it is like not like a prison plant, but it's it's a place where you come to learn. And the biggest thing you're supposed to learn is to help others. Yeah. yeah. And, and like, dude, it's like the, the more and more I study, like, the, you know, the, the uh, recovery, it's like it's straight out of this, like this whole thing that I'm learning, which is get out of your head, help yeah. others, you know. And when you get out of your head, you help others, good things happen. You, you shouldn't do stuff hoping that you do it. You do it right. without, without any thought of what it can do for you, but you just help another person. And I've talked about it before. We're like, you know, I do this thing where I try to help three people a day, mm -hmm. but selfishly don't ask for anything back. Whether, you know, it's like I have a girl that drinks tons of, uh, of, of seltzer water and she has so many cans. So, you know, I drive around and I just find people on the corner that I know are not doing well in life. And I ask if they want cans and I give them the cans and, you know, mm -hmm. hold it. It's simple as holding doors open for people helping someone lift something, you know, someone in distress, helping them out. Those are things that do that. And when you do that, you get this kind of crazy kind of like glow that happens right here. This like this, this energy in your body that kind of like, it's almost like if it's a video game, you're getting powered up on your turbo. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, what, 
Yeah. Is there a reason what's that, um, Go ahead. No, 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 you go ahead. I was just going to say, is there a reason that people after recovery, they become sponsors to help other people because they got the same treatment that they got? Yeah, that's... That's essentially what it is. It's just, you know, you pay back what you, you know, uh, you, you pay back what that what was given to you freely. Um, you know, we all need guides in our life and mentors and, and, and in recovery, that's part of the deal. And it's just, and, and it's, it's a beautiful program. Paul, tell me a little bit about your thoughts on alcohol and, and addiction. Oh boy. <laughs> Uh, you know, look, guys, I am an alcoholic. I, I've, I've known I've been an, uh, an alcoholic for a long time. Um, I was oh, Paul, before you go on, since this yes. is Tim Foyle hat, I think yeah. everyone should also know that yeah. on 9-11, oh, boy. You, you, uh, you used to work in the restaurant in the Twin Towers. Tower and, number one. And that by the blessing of God, and this is going to say that, for some reason you weren't there that day or you were, you were no, well, tell us a little story real quick. Uh, well, you know, I, I, I worked at a restaurant uh, called windows in the world, which was on top of uh, the first tower, tower number one. Um, I was, I worked there from the age of 22 to like 23 or 24. And um, I had left there and gone to work closer to my house. I lived in Jersey. Um, what the reason why I wasn't around uh, that building was because I had gotten divorced uh, at the time. So um, really by like a happenstance of, uh, I, that I wasn't there. I, I, I kind of counted like two or three decisions. And what if I was working lunch that day? And uh, yeah. I definitely would have been, I, I would have been there. Uh, and, and you, you lost a lot of friends, right? Yeah, you know what? I, I, it, that was a very difficult period of my life for a long time, and it was for a lot of us. But you know, for those that have never set foot in that building, and particularly that restaurant, um, I used to, you know, when I was that young, didn't understand how important of a restaurant that was, and and what the lessons that I was learning from those that put up with my bullshit because I was the worst when I was there um, helped. I'm the man I am today because of those mentors that helped me uh, help me learn what it was to serve other people. And just, I, you know, so there was about um, 70, 70 plus people that were at windows in the world at the time. Um, Cause it, it, it acts as a uh, club for all the business people during the day, during the morning. And it, it, it's, I knew a lot of people that perished that day. That was awful. So I'm sure that, kind of weighed on you a lot and you got lost in your alcohol. So let's go back to the question, alcoholism, addiction. What do you think this is? It's, um, it's a sickness. It definitely is a sickness, a soul sickness, a, a disease that I cannot possibly control on my own. Um, and it, and when I am in my active addiction, nothing else matters, but, uh, drinking, but supporting that habit, um, and it slowly erodes and eats away at every relationship. Uh, I've lost a marriage. I've lost, you know, relationships with women in my past. I've lost relationships with family members. I've been fired. I've been homeless. All kinds of things. But just, and nothing was going to get me to stop. And it's getting ugly now, too. I know, yeah. Paul, we can't get into too much of specifics. But you've had right. to save a couple people's lives that were uh, ODing, right? I mean, like, the trauma that must, like that must cause you know when you work when you, when you work I, I made the switch to work in the recovery community and i've had uh you know several jobs in that uh community and it just it's part of the deal it's, it's there's a lot of dangerous substances out there right now and and thank god there are people in place and thank god that that um we can try to save people uh, literally sometimes and it's i'm just grateful that i was able to be uh, present for that. I know a lot of people in my life that I love very much that can't are dealing with PTSDs, yeah. depression, uh, things that go on in their life. You know, I kind of, you know, I was talking to Johnny. Oh, you know, this is a weird moment to announce this, but Johnny and I's new show, Broken Simulation, will be dropping tomorrow on YouTube. You can see clips on the YouTube channel, but 
I kind of talk about on an episode coming up that, you know, I have a memory of a guy who was convicted of a child molestation and the memory just stops. I'm not going to get into the description of yeah. wh where it stops, but it does stop. Uh, the mind is a beautiful thing. It, 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 it tries to uh, protect you from a lot of the energy, but it could also hold on to some stuff. And, and you kind of like start yeah. reliving this, this situation over and mm -hmm. over and over again. And you just keep, you allow these, these, these predators in your life or these predatory moments to kind of win over and over again. Right. Mm -hmm. I have, a, I have personal experience with that. You know, I, I, I went through my own experience as a young boy. I, I, there was, there was um, you know, I, I've gone through sexual abuse and, and I was molested and, and it, and you don't know how it really, it affects you uh, until much later. So uh, as far as post-traumatic stress disorder, it took a couple of things. You tack on alcoholism, some depression, anxiety, and suicidal ideation. It's a ticking time bomb. And there's a lot of people out there, millions of people out there that are afraid to talk about it. I'm not afraid to talk about it. And it, it's, uh, it, it, you hold that energy within your body. Those memories get frozen. And all it takes is just a little nudge to that tape to be replayed over and over again. And you get stuck in that victim mode. It's, it's a dangerous place to be. And, you know, I've discovered a lot about... Um, yeah, just set her down and grab her. He can't just sit. Uh, I discovered a lot that, especially in the social justice warrior, political correctness realm, that people love to talk about the past because you can't change it. Mm -hmm. And you can keep trying to cash in on that oppression, that anxiety, that, you know, when, when stuff that's going on today is really happening, nobody wants to talk about it. People love to live into the past. Yeah. And just dwell on it instead of looking at like, you know, for me, it's like, there's so much in recovery. I do like, I like to find my place in it. And when I make a mistake, I like to apologize. I like to deal with the situation where some people don't. And it's just like, you can't keep living in the past. You have mm -hmm. to deal with it and move on and start living some life. Right. Yeah, and it takes like, it, but for us though, we have. I had to create a team of people. It took a lot of people to help me, you know. So I went through uh, over a year of trauma therapy, um, being a member of the recovery community, getting into meditation, starting my training as a Reiki practitioner. It took plus that crew of people. So it literally took about twenty-five to thirty people just to put the fucking pieces back together again. So it's, it, there's a lot of help out there. And I really encourage people to, to get it, get a team. Here's what may, I'm worried about, Paul, is that with this epidemic, pandemic, or whatever it is, the hysteria, the uh, shutting down of the economy, I get really worried that are we, are we going to see a lot of suicides from this because people are going to be, you know, worrying about, they can't pay their bills. The, 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 the place where they work forever shut down, ain't coming back. Are they, are they worried about, oh, I'm too old to start over, which is a ridiculous notion. Yeah. And we'll get into that. I want to talk about that a little more because I do want this to be a suicidal ide, ide, ideology. Yeah. What, do, what do you want to talk about that? I mean, you know, I, I having grown up with, um, knowing a lot of people that had mental mental illness and uh, psychological issues and addiction issues. I'd never really understood what that felt like until it happened to me. And, uh, it, and it's something, until you experience it, it's, it's very difficult to describe that feeling of where you can go from waking up in the morning to, I want to blow my head off inside of five minutes. And, and when that first comes, becomes part of your uh, decision-making scenarios, it's, it can be very difficult to, to have that removed, which is why I, I think people should talk about it a lot more. There are um, a number of places in the LA area, places you can call, people you can call, hotlines, uh, reach out. Just, it's, it, 
suicide, suicide, people that are um, that take their lives. You, you look how many look how many people we've known just in the public eye that have taken their lives. Not to not to mention um, those of us that are suffering from post traumatic stress disorder, have seen combat, or have uh, lost uh, loved ones in tragedy. They're just afraid to talk, right? And that's that's that whole that separation where it's not okay to show your feelings. It's not okay to be weak. It's not okay to ask for help, which is bullshit. It's 100% okay to ask for help, no matter who you are. I, I, I tell, you know, I lost two good friends last year uh, yeah. to this. One of my, you know, we, big, big part of this show is, you know, I found out my friend Brody Stevens mm. died and took his life on the show. Someone called me on the show and told me and, that I kept, I put that out because I felt people need to see it, and I know, dude. That, that that I mean, this is very dark, but I know this. There's that moment right, right before it happens that they wish. I know they wish they they hadn't done it, and uh, I think people need to talk to people, call somebody, you know. And it's like a lot of people listen to this uh, aren't in Los Angeles or New York. There are recovery everywhere, and I know it it gets harder to find recovery, the farther you get from these main cities, it almost becomes a, a, a Lord of the Rings, Bilbo Baggins trying to find a, a meeting, but there are people help. And like the days of eating it and keeping it to yourself. Yeah. Are done. I want everybody to know, and this is the truth. I was broke up until I was 43 years old, broke. I mean, I was, I was scraping by, man. I was barely getting stuff going. And my life is 180 from that right now. Now this, obviously this, this situation has, has affected that, but still, I mean, like it is never too late to change your life with the power of the internet. You, all you have to do is work. The difference between in my honest opinion, yes, talent, there's people who've got talent in certain situations. Everybody has talent. You just have to find what it is. But mm -hmm. the biggest thing is, man, the biggest thing is the difference between the haves and the have-nots is, in my honest opinion, the haves tried. The have-nots took the first exit off the life of the highway. They took that first exit, took that first job, and didn't go on the line. I mean, my parents uh, financially did leave me a lot of stuff, but, man, they gave me two things humor mm -hmm. and a work ethic man my mom worked a day job went to school at night and raised us my father worked 90 jobs you know i i that is my work ethic i got from them and dude i flunked first grade and you know yeah. two weeks ago this podcast was number 14 on all of uh the comedy podcasts on itunes Amazing. in the united states i am functionally illiterate okay uh, me reading is uh is a is a circus sideshow yeah. <laughs> but the difference between me and and some others is like i just worked man i i worked i worked and you too can do it so i want to get into yeah. paul okay. if you have anything to say on that i'd love to hear that and then i want to get into a little reiki and tell me and meditation yeah work, work ethic can be taught yeah, and and um, believe me, I wish my stepfather was still around uh, because I would certainly uh, tip my hat. Um, I'm grateful to have had that stability of having to do chores when I was a kid. I'm grateful that as soon as as soon as I was able, I was working. And because what I didn't understand is that later down the line, when I would have to do things that I don't necessarily don't want to do. Um, that work ethic would kick in and I would be able to make it through one minute, one day at a time um, because of that history, because some, I was taught how to do that. So I, that, that's my only two cents on that. Um, yeah. On I mean, ethic. like, dude, it's just like the difference. I can't tell you, I want everyone to do this right now. Start writing down your goals. Mm -hmm. Write down your goals for tomorrow. Realistically, write down your your one day goal, your, your month goal, your your year goal, and your life goal. And I'll tell you, once you put it in paper, you'll be amazed at how different, how many of those things on that list you checked off and you didn't even know. It. 
you did I've made a like, list. Right? And I've it's done like it. a lot of people I always hear, and you know, and that's fine if people don't want to believe it. That's fine to teach their own. But to me, prayer is just yeah. simply asking the universe to help mm-hmm. you with your goals. And your or actually your other people's goals, meaning you're asking for you don't ask for yourself. You ask, please help this person. Please help that person. Please help, help, you know, bring humanity, find love and peace to the world. That's what you, and you'd be amazed at how many of these things start to change. I'm telling you this, everybody, at this show I'm doing with Paul right now, and another show I'm going to do with my friend Jordan is all about, because you all have changed my life so much by supporting my show, is about getting you out of your head and realizing that your life can be completely 180 a year from now. It's, 100%. It's, I'm telling you, man, I've seen it happen in other people. It's just, it's not about working hard. It's about working smart, okay? And mm-hmm. here's where we start. I want to get, I want, I've heard about Reiki. I want to know about right. meditation and Reiki. What is Reiki? Okay. Let me know. Uh, so Reiki is a Japanese word. It's actually two words that were uh, put together. Rei, meaning uh, universal life energy and key meaning that life energy. So universal life energy that makes Reiki, but Reiki um, it has its origins in Japanese and this it's, it's modern uh, incarnation is that, but if you look down through history, every single culture around the world has its own version of hands-on healing, right? It's just like, I mean, think about it. It's so simple. If you're walking down the street and you're a fuss like me and you whack your arm, what's the first thing that you do? You grab it and you hold it. Because it's coded in our DNA to help heal ourselves and to help heal other people. Uh, the only problem is, is that we've forgotten how. Uh, talking about that we are energy, and you had made mention of the, the chakra systems. There are seven major chakras that we have, and essentially what they are is they're like little uh, energy information centers that help regulate who we are, that code of who we are as um, a mental uh, the mental mind, the emotional component, the spiritual component, and the physical body. And we can, and sometimes, sometimes we need an oil change, like legit. Sometimes we just, that energy gets stuck, that energy gets clogged. And so going to see a Reiki practitioner can help um, alleviate some of that blocked energy, which can be um, uh, a something that you're holding physically. It can be a, uh, a trapped memory. It can be something like a trauma that you're holding on to. Um, so having a practitioner help can relieve that. It also could, Reiki can also help you with blood pressure and anxiety, depression. Um, it helps uh, people recover from pain uh, uh, quickly. There's a lot of benefits uh, to having a practitioner in your life. How does a Reiki practitioner help you? We are conduits for that universal energy. We are conduits. So I've, I have a teacher. My teacher has taught me how to, um, uh, how to do that. Um, it's something that's very simple. It's something that's accessible for everyone. Reiki used to be a very expensive thing. It used to be something that was kind of uh, leave it to old, old people to try to hang on to the knowledge. But this is something that should be shared with humanity. And uh, so... That to me is something that's very important, be able to share that knowledge and being able to say, you know, look, you can have your team of people, definitely have your doctors, go to a doctor, but have a practitioner in your life that can help bridge that gap between um, uh, seeing a a medical professional or a mental health professional. It's just something that adds to your healing. So so I know you've done seminars before. Mm -hmm. Uh, You had a big event that was hugely successful. Yeah, uh, and I'm super proud of you, Paul. You deserve you. it all. Thank um, what what do what happens at these events? If I go, let's say, and see a Reiki healer, right? Mm-hmm. What 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 would that process be? Um, my process that I've discovered that really works for me, especially in a group environment, is you know finding uh, finding a very safe place, a quiet space, usually between ten. No, 10 to 15 people is, is a really good size. If you have somebody to help you, you seem to go up to about 20 people. But uh, typically what I like to do is have people come in and make them very comfortable. Um, we do some light movements, right, just to kind of stretch and get the energy movement. And then we 
are able to, I, I guide them through to get them in a seated position where I guide them through a guided meditation, usually about 10 to 15 minutes. And then we take it a step further and they, and they actually lay down and then can knock out and then we take it from there. So I do a combination of hands-on healing with also, um, I work with sound bowls as well to, uh, to help sound therapy. That's another, that's, that's another hugely beneficial uh, practice. And usually at the end, if there's time, I will get into some oracle card readings. So a little hocus pocus, but uh, people seem to really enjoy it. It's, it's well, a, I love it, dude. I love thank it. Thank you. Um, are there hospital programs that involve re Reiki? Yeah, um, yes, I was doing research about a couple of months ago because I, I had some people ask me about it. And, and I started to kind of do some digging. There are um, many hospitals across the country actually started to do studies whether uh, is, is Reiki for real or is it just bullshit? And what ended up happening is that a lot of physicians started actually having programs to help um, people with chronic pain and to help people, if they're going into surgery, to help calm them down. So I know that there are several hospitals in the area. I think there's one in Santa Monica. I can't remember the name of that hospital, but I know that there is a, a volunteer program there where practitioners go in to help people. So, but you're, you're not, you're not saying like, oh, you, you know, it, it, you don't want to say, obviously you could work spiritually right. on your soul, but if you're right. sick, you obviously have to go to a doctor. R right. But the neat thing about the, yes, go to a doctor. That's really something that's very important. But what I've been able to experience myself is the lowering of my blood pressure when i when i uh, a couple years ago i had pretty bad blood pressure but when i started doing this my blood pressure went down um uh, it's i've been able to have a stronger immune system i've been able to see it's certain just things started to shift right when we get out of the way when we allow see the universe has energy that wants to heal us but we have to get out of the health get out of the way let the universe help heal and that's that's what I, that's what I'm talking about. You, you you can that's why like the name of my company is the Reiki Lab. It's because I want to be able to be a support for um, people's healing teams. Paul, uh, you know, within the community of recovery, we've seen the devastating effect of uh, pharmaceuticals. I think people. I mean. I think people are too quick to want to take a pill to solve problems mm -hmm. than to try to use the uh, 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 a traditional, quote unquote, old fashioned way of healing. I think that's a big problem we have right now. I mean, we, we saw a big push through pharmaceutical companies uh, right. trying to push uh, a pill for uh, alcoholism, mm -hmm. Uh, which is just ridiculous to me, this notion that you would take a pill to cure a substance problem. Yeah, that's, it's, it, really, if you see the, the, the opioid epidemic was a result of that. And it just honestly, 100%. You know, as soon as they figured out how to, you know, to create, you know, something like oxycodone and, and, and that started being prescribed a lot. And then uh, people with ADHD or attention deficit disorder with Adderall and things, it, it just became, they were just so quick to do that. And a lot of addiction has come from those practices. And now it's just, and we've had, we have a lot, a lot of dead people on our hands and that's, it's, and it's really tragic. Hey, so, yes, sir. So um, you work in the recovery system. What do you think about the drug war? Do you think they should just legalize drugs like they do in like, other countries like Canada where they just let them use it. You think that'd be better for the, recovery? I have a thought on that after Paul, I have a mind. You know, I'd be interested to see, uh, to see what happens when you, when you take, when you take away the incentive um, for that, uh, you know, I know a lot of people that live overseas and when they have declassified um, like decriminalized a lot of those substances, problems seem to kind of go down. Um, so I'm leaning towards that. You know, I am leaning towards that. I mean, looking, I don't partake in, you know, I can't because I'll be naked in Vegas by the end of the day. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's just how I roll, guys. But, you know, seeing, you know, the, seeing the decriminalization and legalization of marijuana, what that has actually done, um, you know, for the community as a whole and 
and the revenue that gets, you know, created. So I think it's worth exploring. Um, I, I have concerns with drugs like fentanyl, which I just think is the most dangerous substance out there. And I've seen it, I've seen it kill people. And, you know, so I, I don't know what the answer is, but I'm interested to hear what Sam thinks. My, my biggest thing is, um, you know, I think laws should be about violence and theft, mm-hmm. you know, like me steal, me, me committing violence against you, sexual assault, hurting children, right. uh, me stealing your money, your house, all that stuff, stuff that takes away from you. Uh, the, the problem I have with the drug war right now is that I can recover from drugs and alcohol. It's almost impossible to recover from a felony. So I, I get this felony. I, I clean my act yeah. up. It's, it's almost impossible for me to get a decent job sometimes or it takes mm-hmm. forever. And it just, and it help that helps bring on, you know, depression, sadness right. and all that stuff. And it becomes this vicious circle. Whereas, you know, I, I mean, listen, obviously you don't want to legalize murder. You don't want to legalize no. rape. You don't want to legalize like uh, uh, stealing people's stuff, but show me something outside of those things that has been criminalized that went away. It doesn't go away. The, the, the war on drugs hasn't stopped drug use. It's actually cranked it up because some reason it's almost like girls with bad boys were turned on and we were attracted to yeah. danger and we want to do it because it's so taboo. It's like Kiss used to talk about their favorite, their favorite um, groupies were in Utah because they're so, you know, socially controlled. They were the, so when they could, they could get weird. They really got weird. You know what I'm saying? So that's my opinion. I, I don't think that people, if it, if, you know, it's my same thing about prostitution. I know people are going to lose their head about prostitution and the yeah. legalization of prostitution. Cause you know, we have a lot of uh, religious people who listen and God bless you. And, and, and again, I respect everybody's opinion, but it's not going away. It's literally called the oldest profession in in the book and yeah. it seems like it only hurts poor people throwing these people in crime. it's only poor people so i don't know and if you're like well what if a guy cheats on his wife well that's a different issue okay and it, yeah if, it is a different issue and i mean if it if it's so bad why is adultery not illegal some places i guess it is on the books but nobody's really mm-hmm. enforcing it so my whole thing is just like it just to give people, people make mistakes. People go through a phase, a drug phase, mm-hmm. and then they come out of it and they don't do drugs anymore. They shouldn't be paying the price for that uh, for the rest of their life and not be allowed to, you know, why do I have to go on? If I did drugs 10 years ago, why do I have to go on a job interview saying yeah. I was convicted in, of a felony? It, if I haven't done drugs since then, it just makes no sense. But I've, let's I've, get back. Okay, yeah. go on, Paul. Sorry about that. Go on. No, I'm just just to kind of put a button on, uh, kind of a cap on that end of that conversation. Look, I've seen so many dudes that I know that started out uh, with multiple felonies and trying to kick a drug habit to having amazing, beautiful lives. They can change, and they have done so much shadow work and soul work and recovery work to become better men. And the and I just so I can't I, I can't say enough about um you know these men and women should have an opportunity to to grow and uh, and to have support um i want to talk to you about um i want to talk to you about how people can find helpers that's a big part of your thing you got to find helpers people who want to help you you know uh when i was in first grade i was reading out loud in school and I read, no, excuse me, fourth grade. It was fourth grade. And I was reading out loud. And I said, and believe it or not, apparently my reading didn't get any better because I said the word devil instead of devil. Okay. And the whole class laughed. And it's the only time I didn't like the laugh. Right. And I never read out loud again for I'm talking forever paul i never read out loud if i would go somewhere they're like read out loud i'm like no i'm not reading out loud and they move on until i got to a 12-step program and then i I, they're like you got to read it's part of the program so i read out loud 
And when I messed up a word, people corrected my word and it was very loving. It was like the most yeah. loving thing I've ever seen in my life. And I do it all the time. Like when people go in there and they take forever to read the passage, nobody is mean, nobody's cruel. And when they get through it, everybody claps in like positive energy. And it's like, we are so blessed to have found these things, but mm -hmm. not everybody can go to recovery programs, even though I would say, try to find yeah. something and find yeah. a recovery. Go on XG. Well, I, I got a DUI, what, like when I was 20 and oh. I had to go to the meetings mandatory. I didn't go because I wanted to, but I had to go mandatory. And these people are so nice. Like they were all giving you, they had, I mean, they're kind of addicted to coffee now. They're all drinking coffee. I got there, they all gave me <laughs> coffee. They all gave me their, they all gave me their numbers. And they were like, yeah. if you need help, call me at any moment. Just call yeah. me if you think about drinking. And they didn't know how to problem. Like you said, I went up there, told my story. Everyone clapped. No one judged me. And everyone, and honestly, it was like my first time doing stand up. I kind of tried to be funny. <laughs> and they laughed. And I was like, yo, this was pretty cool. And it was like, like you said, super nice. But you can go, like, honestly, anyone can just go to an AA meeting and they won't judge you. They'll just sit there. You don't have to talk. They'll literally sit there. If you don't want to talk, they'll let you sit there. But it is amazing people, supportive. It's good stuff. For sure. Yeah, there's, you know, there's, there's a lot of 12-step-based um, programs out there. And I think there's, um, there's definitely something for everybody. There's also, uh, you know, Al-Anon as well. So if you have uh, somebody in your life that is, um, that is an addict or an alcoholic that certainly that's a great program as well. I'm also somebody that can be very codependent. Um, just ask my, ask my exes that will tell you. And, uh, and, but, the, but you, we can, we can get better. We can grow. It's a, you know, like Sam, you were saying earlier, like everybody has something that they're good at, right? So if you, when you, when you find that something that you want to do or you want to learn how to do, I'm telling you when the student is ready, the master will appear. It's just every single time. I've seen it time and time again. So, yeah, find a, you know, it's like uh, Charles Fleischer, uh, when I was coming up in comedy, he, uh, he would be like, Sam, you got to have something outside of this. And I know, you know, stand-up comedy is art and it's creativity, but when it's your job, it gets very hard to be your outlet. So you got to find something else, whether it's painting, um, crocheting, yeah. okay? Johnny likes to do word puzzles a lot with his fake girlfriend. So, I mean, like everybody has got. That's some. not true. <laughs> Wasn't Johnny Charles likes Fleischer? to play Jenga. He's a big Jenga guy. And he's always going, Jenga, Jenga, Jenga. No. Wasn't Charles Fleischer the voice of Roger Rabbit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that dude. Uh, yeah, I do. I do, too. He's a good guy. As I get older, I appreciate him. Um. What are your thoughts on finding a creative outlet? A hundred percent. It's, you know, I, uh, I, at a very early age, um, my, my family encouraged me to just uh, to play the guitar. They've also figured out that I could sing. And so, you know, for uh, singing has been a part of my life for a long time. And then that turned into taking acting classes and, and, and just plugging in because what those things have been able to do for me is, help me plug in, helps me ground. It helps me kind of, you know, transmute a lot of that energy that we store up, that pent up anger and anxiety. And, and we're meant to create. So getting, it's the most bravest thing you can do is actually uh, do something creative in front of people. And so I, I, you know, you comics are just like rock stars to me. I love you guys. Thank you. Yeah. Tough work. <laughs> So as we wrap it up here, Paul, this has been a wonderful conversation. Uh, are we going to be okay, brother? I think we're going to be okay. You know, if you, and the most important thing that I try to tell people is take a look around you and there's at least someone that you can help. There's someone that you can assist. There's someone that you can acknowledge, especially when you go to the grocery store. When you go to the grocery store and you see these checkout people that are, you know, hundreds and hundreds of people a day, thank them. I have uh, medical professionals in my family, uh, nurse practitioners and, and, and doctors, and, and I'm grateful for them. And I call them. Call, call your people. Tell them, tell them that you love them. Call your friends. Tell them that you love them. We're going to be okay. No matter what happens, we will be okay. And, and we can make it through difficult times we can make it through people that have that we love that are lost 
and uh, but only if we stick together. Look, for me, as, as far as my theory, my theory is that love is the answer to everything. Well, Paul, outside of a giant asteroid hitting the planet and wiping us all out, <laughs> yeah. I think we can survive it all. We've yeah. seen it all. I yeah. think, uh, you know, our age, we're all, I'm in my 40s, uh, XG's oh like 12. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, in, people in their 40s and their 30s, they've seen so yeah. many things uh, that it's like, but humanity, humans have survived some crazy, crazy uh, um, plagues, dictators, evil people, uh, bisexual lizard people. We've survived, <laughs> we've survived them all, and we just come out on the other side. And so if you're listening today, I hope you got a little bit of, uh, from this, and you got some from my friend Paul, who is uh, just, dude, it's just nothing but pure love and energy. And uh, so you're going to be able, if you want to hit him up, Paul is always available to talk because yeah, he helps always. me during my time. So, Paul, one more time, tell them where they can find you. Uh, they can find me on Instagram at Paul Dion uh, underscore junior. That's D-I-O-N-N-E. Also, I have a website uh, that's uh, the Reiki Lab. So the Reiki Lab .com. I have an email that you can always reach me at at Paul at the Reiki Lab .com. Paul, have you ever looked into Reiki Paul on Instagram? Reiki Paul? Uh, you know, I, ha I haven't. I was searching for like... It Something simple so they know who you are. Paul... What, Johnny, do you want to say something? Oh, uh, Ricky Paul, so they could find you really simple. And to also, dude, make a um, make a Instagram for your company as well. I do. I do have that. I do. I just did that the other day. I have uh, the Reiki Lab is, All right. is now live as well. Paul, I love you so much. I can't express to you enough how much you helped me through uh, some very uh, dark times, and I will be eternally grateful. I hope that the swarm finds you and shows you love uh, you. because that's what they tend to do. And uh, definitely we'll do this again down the line when, when I know we need some light in our lives. And uh, again, dude, I appreciate you, and I hope to see you Thank soon because I haven't seen you in a couple months, and I'd yeah, love to a while. connect, talk. And uh, I got to get over on the west side because that – the recovery on the west side of Los Angeles yeah, man. is the best recovery in the world. Brother. Come on, brother. You know where I'm at, bro. Come hit me up. Anytime, After all the time. social distancing is over. <laughs> he <laughs> is Paul Dion Jr. He is a G amongst G. I want to thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, I think I said Santos Benacci, right? Right. I might have said the other way, so I apologize on that. And Broken Simulation is out today. So if you're listening to that, it's out today since it's coming out on Friday. Check it out. It's me and Johnny just having some fun, and uh, it's for the masses. It is uh, opium, opiates for the asses. That's what it is. Um, <laughs> we appreciate you guys. XG, thank you so much. Uh, thanks for coming. We'll talk to you soon. Paul, I'll talk to you. You did great. Johnny, yeah. thank you, and we'll see you all soon.